the Irish diaspora stretched across the globe, and you can learn all about it at EPIC, the Irish Immigration Museum in Dublin. Welcome again to the Traveling in Ireland podcast. Today we are headed to Dublin and one of the newest attractions that you'll find in the city, and that is EPIC, the Irish Immigration Museum. So today I have with me Dervla O'Neill, who is the head of sales for EPIC. Welcome, Dervla. Thank you for having me on, and greetings to everybody from a wonderfully sunny Dublin. <laughs> A beautiful day to visit Not like then. It, I can tell you. <laughs> so we're just very lucky today. <laughs> so Epic is one of the newest attractions that you're going to find in Dublin and it really deals with Irish immigration. So that's that's something that, that while you know, there were places you could visit in the past that you could you could kind of trace ancestry and things. This really brings a big focus to it for just your, you know, your average anytime visitor. It, it does. So let me just, I'll just give you a little bit of background. It, it is Dublin's newest visitor attraction. In fact, we opened last May in 2016. And at the time, back in May, we were on TripAdvisor and we were number 530 of 530 <laughs> to do in Dublin. So you can imagine it was a little bit depressing. However, roll the clock on a year and a few months, and we are now number 10 on TripAdvisor. So it's been a fantastic response from our visitors. We're getting 90% five-star rating. So we're obviously doing something right. And EPIC, as you say, the Irish Emigration Museum, what is so unique about it is that we're telling a story that has never been told before. People know little bits. They maybe know about the famine and they know about the recession. But we've never told the whole story all together. And we're essentially telling the story of all of the people who left Ireland over the centuries. So that's going right back to the 6th century. And it's why they left, all the different reasons. And yes, some of those are sad reasons, like the famine. But others are good reasons, like going off to be educators, to do good works in the world, or people going off to seek opportunities further afield. So we say, all the reasons why people left, also how they left, because Ireland is an island and we are surrounded by water. So that could be a bit challenging to get off the country, certainly in the 1800s. So we cover all the ways that people left and how long the journeys took, and then where we went throughout the world and how we shaped and influenced it. Now, as you can imagine, millions went to America. I'm sure mm -hmm. you're well aware of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are 22 American presidents with Irish ancestry. The White House in Washington, where they sat, was designed by an Irishman, a man called James Hoban, mm -hmm. from, from, uh, originally from Carlo. But we went everywhere in the world. We went to Canada. We went to Australia, New Zealand, Europe, Asia. So we left a mark all over the world. And these stories are told in this most unique museum. It's a 12 million investment, and it's a fully digital museum. So it's located in this beautiful old building called the CHQ building, which dates 200 years, and it's in the vaults of this building. So really atmospheric, 
200-year-old vault, and yet they're home to this magical digital museum, state-of-the-art technology that is telling these stories, as I say, never told before. So you're telling me that this is, you know, very high-tech, very um, interactive almost. I mean, there's, there's a lot to do there. So even if your visitors, you know, maybe you have the adults who are very interested in the family history, but young children aren't going to be bored by this experience. Not at all. In fact, the, the, the reverse. We actually are finding families are getting a great um, experience in Epic. So we say from 7 to 70 because literally there is something for everyone. And whilst we say it's you know, state-of-the-art technology, don't be in any way intimidated by that. It doesn't mean that you require any qualification in technology to use it. It's all very straightforward. We actually have the biggest iPad in all of the world uh, on display. So it's very easy to use. There's something for everyone, as I say, you know, from children to parents to grandparents. It can be a wonderful day out. And the one thing about Ireland as well is, as we all know, unlike today, the weather is not always a guarantee. So we're an all-weather activity. So you can come to us, whatever the weather, and have a great experience. And, you know, we really recommend that people give themselves at least 90 minutes because there's so much to do and see. For the older person, they can come and go throughout the day if they want to go and have lunch. And in the building where we're located, there are lots of cafes and bistros. Um, so lots of places to go and have lunch or to go and have a cup of coffee, refresh and come back. So lots, lots to do under one roof. The, yeah, the CHQ building is actually very large, if I'm not mistaken. It's, it's kind of a massive... It is actually. It's a massive building. It's actually the size of the pitch in Crow Park, which is the big oh, wow. GAA park in Dublin. So it's, it's, right. it's a big, it's a large space. And um, it was in its day, I mean, the CHQ building is in itself very historic. It dates to 1820. And it actually was the first fireproof building built in Ireland. So it was very pioneering engineering. They used cast iron and stone, and there was no wood used. Uh, and there was a reason for this, because the contents of the building back in the 1800s was highly flammable. So we had vats of wine, whiskey, tobacco, so very, very flammable goods. So they were all stored here. It was a big customs office. Mm -hmm. And you know, and then and, and then so on. Time time went by. The building went in and out of disrepair. Sadly, would you believe in the 1970s it was used as an unofficial car park, which is sad. But it is now back in its full glory, home to Epic, which is in the vaults. Home now to lots of restaurants, coffee shops. We have our own retail store as well. So a great place to buy gifts. Uh, and we also have a partner with the Irish Family History Centre, and a lot of your listeners might find this very interesting. They will do uh, research, genealogical research, on people who have Irish ancestry, and they can help you to do your family tree. So if visitors are coming here to do the tour and ethic, if they have some information on their relatives, dates maybe of when they left Ireland, notes of where they went, to whatever country they went, we can then help them to do a family tree. And we've had some lovely experiences of helping people find out the most amazing things about their families. Um, so it's actually a very emotional experience as well as one that's very 
useful and historic. Well, and in just looking through the website, um, I noticed that, you know, with your visit to the Irish Family History Center, you can sit down complimentary with a genealogist for 15 minutes. Is that, is that, I mean, that's kind it's, of. It's not complimentary. Oh, it's not complimentary, it's not complimentary for complimentary. that. You can buy. No, it, it, there is a small okay. charge. I mean, okay. you can buy a combination ticket when okay. you come to Epic, and that covers the tour of Epic and then a session with a genealogist oh, okay. for, okay. for a minute one-on-one. So, for example, that combination ticket is €24 Euros per person, which is a super price to yeah. think you're getting the tour of Epic mm-hmm. and then you're getting this one-on-one service plus free access to a whole the Irish Family History Centre record. So they'll set you up on a website so that you can also do your own research mm-hmm. and they'll give you the kind of skills to, to go off and enable you to, 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 to further do research on your family. So it's, it's a fantastic uh, opportunity for those with Irish uh, ancestry. So if you know that you have some Irish ancestry, you might want to do a little digging for you know, names and dates and, and maybe even places if I you can get a hold so. of them to, to really take advantage yeah. of that. I think so. Bring as much information as you can. And you know what? If you don't have information, if you have a bit of an inkling of where they were or where they went, that's okay too because we can help you. We can go right back to the 18 and 1700s. But if you have access to relatives who have some information, any marriage certificates or things like that, they're always really useful to bring along and help with the search. Oh, that's brilliant. So we spoke a little bit about the location, which is right on the River Liffey, but there's another um, rather historic site that's right there that really blends in well with with Epic. Yeah, well, there's actually a number of areas in the... It's called the Dublin's Docklands, and it's a very historic quarter of Dublin. Right opposite us, you have the Jeannie Johnson Famine Ship, which ties in beautifully with the visit to Epic. You go on to it, you know, an old famine ship. You can see what it was like. You can feel the, the confined quarters. So it's a, a wonderful experience. And it's right docked on the River Liffey. But opposite, we also have the Rowan Gillespie famine statues. And these are really, really emotional. And they're called the Departed. And they depict these figures, these people who were making their way down to the docks to get on a ship to leave Ireland during the famine. And what's wonderful about this is that if you go to Toronto in Canada, and I was lucky enough to be there in April this year, you will find other Rowan Gillespie statues, again, sculptures, and they're called the Arrivals. And they are looking up to Toronto, one with his arm outstretched at the land of opportunity. They're quite sad. I mean, some, mm-hmm. first of all, there's, I think, six figures who left Ireland. But when you get to Canada, there's only four who arrived. So it, it's to represent the, the loss of life on mm-hmm. the journey. But very emotional, um, and particularly for Canadians, if, if they're aware of the statues in Toronto and Ireland Park, it, it would resonate very strongly with them. Um, so that's also here. We also have the Triumphant Arch, which is this beautiful archway just outside the entrance to Epic. It actually has moved a location, would you believe? In the 1800s, it was the entry into the Custom House Quarter. And then, I think in the 1970s, it was moved down to this area. So they moved it mm-hmm. and recreated it exactly as it had been built. And it's also there. So there's lots to see of great historic interest in the location. Excellent. It's also to note the point in Dublin where most people left Ireland during the famine. So it really is a very 
historic quarter of the city. And more importantly, it's an eight-minute walk from O'Connell Street. And as you mm -hmm. probably know, O'Connell Street is one of the main streets in Dublin. So it is so central to the city um, and so easily accessed. We also have um, a Lewis, which stops right outside uh, the back entrance to the building. Uh, and that's a very easy stop off from the city or from any of the train stations. Uh, so really very easy to access, as, and as I say, a short stroll from the main shopping area of Grafton Street mm -hmm. and O'Connell Street. Very, very easy to access. And for those who don't know, the Lewis, spelled L-U-A-S, when you, when you do look it up for visiting Dublin, is the light rail. Super easy to get around. But Dublin is such an incredibly walkable city, so really easy to get there no matter how you're getting around. It is. Bring comfy shoes. Bring comfy <laughs> shoes. Say, for example, certainly in Trinity College, and I'm sure everybody will go and have a look at Trinity. It's a beautiful university mm -hmm. and indeed my alma mater. But it has a lot of cobbled streets, a lot of little cobbled areas. Quite tricky to walk on in high heels. Yes, so, <laughs> very much so. Sensible shoes. And again, for Epic, you know, it's 20 interactive galleries. You're going to be there at least an hour and a half. So I think sensible footwear. Although we've plenty of seating in the galleries if you want to take a rest. But just, I think, sensible seating would, would serve you well. Exactly. And now you were saying um, that Epic really tells the story of the people who left. And yes. as you said, you know, we all know that, you know, the famine was a horrible time or the rebellion in 1798 and then the following rebellion about, what, six years later, I think. Um, and yes. there were a lot. You had your convict ships going out at those times. But not every story out of Ireland is a sad story. And I know that in Epic, you really focus on success of the, the people who left. So you have great stories throughout the museum. Great. We've, we've great stories. And yes, there were some rogues who went off around the world, like the Ned Kellys and the Billy the Kid. And you know what? They feature in Epic in a really fun gallery called the Rogues Gallery. And for those who are from Chicago, we feature poor old Catherine O'Leary. And as you probably are aware of the story, <laughs> she was held responsible for the Great Fire of Chicago in 1871. Now, the poor old Catherine, it was actually her cow, they said, started the fire. But for the rest of her life, for decades, she was blamed with that fire. So she also is, is in the rogues gallery. There's lots of really interesting stories. Did you know that an Irish man invented drinking chocolate? I did not. No, a lot of people don't. A man called Sir Hans Sloan, and he worked with the British Navy, and he was based in the Caribbean. And there was a local cocoa drink that was very unpalatable, and he realized if you put warmed milk into this, it became very drinkable. And as they say, the years went by, more and more people started drinking this, and eventually the recipe was sold to Cadbury's, and the rest, as they say, is history. Did you know that an Irish man invented Labatt's beer in Canada, one of the most popular beers? Huh. Again, a man, John Kinder Labatt, left Leash in Ireland in 1830, went off to Canada, started working on farmlands, worked his way up into brewing, developed the Labatt beer. Whether you like it or not, it's very popular, and it's still going strong. And there he was. He created it. So lots and lots of stories that people just wouldn't know. And, you know, of course people will expect to see 
Grace Kelly and Maureen O'Hara. They'll probably expect to see Michael Salatley with Riverdance, mm-hmm. which is so, so popular. But there are so many characters that you just wouldn't have heard of. So it really is a deep dive into Irish history, and it involves the whole world, not just the, the, the main places that people left, certainly during the famine. I mean, we went all over the world. So it's really a, a deep history lesson in epic. Well, and you said, I think you said it goes back six centuries. So you're talking, you know, saints and scholars. The Saint Colum Kill going off to Germany on his little curragh, which took a long, long time, I can tell you, and certainly wasn't a very comfortable journey. So, yes, we go right back to the sixth century, and we go back up to modern times. So we feature 2015 as well, um, and all of the key things that happened uh, in the recent history of Ireland. So it'll bring you up to speed as well as bringing you back in time. So people go away, and I think the reaction that I enjoy most from people is that they say, I didn't know that, or I didn't expect that. Um, and they go away feeling a little bit um, more enlightened mm-hmm. and very inspired by the things, both the good and the bad, that we, the Irish, did when we left Ireland and went off to shape and influence the world. A little bit of, you know, how the Irish saved society or how, you know, how, what was it, how the well, Irish... How we, contributed, yeah. how we contributed to society and how we did some some really good things, but, you know, we tell a very honest story. Sometimes we didn't always do good things, as Billy the Kid will tell you. Um, so it's a very, it's a very honest story. Um, but, you know, there's nowhere else in Ireland that you're going to get this kind of deep dive into, I suppose, into the Irish DNA, mm-hmm. what makes us tick. And, you know, people who are of Irish ancestry or who are Irish go away feeling a little bit proud. And I think people who maybe aren't from an Irish background go away feeling a little bit more intrigued by the Irish. And I assume if people come on holiday to Ireland, they're interested in the Irish and they're mm-hmm. interested in stories. And we have that in abundance in Epic. It's wonderful. It sounds like an amazing experience. It uh, wasn't open the last time I was in Dublin, and it's definitely high on my list to visit. I oh, super. Well, you know, we're, we're starting to get lots of people, as you, as you can see. I mean, look at us up, mm-hmm. look us up on TripAdvisor, Epic, the Irish Emigration Museum. Um, check out the website. Uh, you know, people are really very moved by the experience, and it might be of interest to your readers just to, to read through some of the reviews that people have given us, just in case you think I'm making it all up. No, they are they are very high reviews. I've taken a look, and and from my own experience in helping people plan their trips, the reviews that I've gotten back personally from people who have visited have been rave reviews and a lot of surprise, a lot of you know, I didn't yeah. expect my kids to enjoy it as much as they did. And, you know, there was so no, much to do. That, that, we, that's, yeah. yeah, that's quite a standard response. A little bit of surprise that they didn't realize um, the quality that it would be. And as you say, that things like, you know, young children, uh, teenagers. I mean, teenagers, it's quite, quite hard to entertain them sometimes. And we've had stories of, of parents saying they didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it really is ticking a lot of boxes. And we have a lot of different segments who visit Epic. Obviously, the, the, the overseas market is so important. And, you know, we're getting a lot of Americans and Canadians, Australians and New Zealand, as you would expect. But we're also getting an awful lot of people from the home market. So people from Dublin and Galway and Northern Ireland who don't know their own history, and they find it fascinating. Uh, so it, it's got a really 
big appeal across lots of different segments. Um, at the moment, I, I was just coming to do this interview, and we have a whole load of language school students in, hundreds of them in today. Oh, we get lots of school groups as well, because, you know, it's educational, it's fun, it's digital, so it's ticking a lot of boxes. That's excellent. It's always so nice to have an, an experience that you can, you know, really share and goes deeper than a lot of, a lot of sites. So with, I know with my girls, I, I want them to have an understanding of, you know, exactly what the history was. Irish history is one of those, one of those histories that, you know, it, it has so many different facets to it. You had, you know, the British, you know, the British in Ireland and, and they have their history of it. And you have the Irish and they have their history of it. And getting all those different opinions and facts put yeah. together to make a full story is yeah. just really something you don't get yeah. a lot of places. It is. And it's funny. I kind of sometimes think, why did no one think of doing this before? And yet... No one has until Neville Isdell, who is our founder of Epic, until he came along. And Neville is a very interesting person in his own right. He was originally from Northern Ireland. When he was 10 years old, his family moved to Africa. Um, his father was involved in uh, the police force there, but he was actually a fingerprint expert. And he went to Africa to train them in fingerprinting. And Neville lived and was educated in Africa, but he ultimately became the global CEO of Coca-Cola. Oh, wow. Who doesn't know Coca-Cola? <laughs> and he maintained that his Irishness had opened doors for him in his life, and he felt it was important that he wanted to tell this story. Um, because he, you know, he had left Ireland and he'd gone on to have a whole life, but his Irishness had never left him. So when he bought this, the, the CHQ building in 2013, when he saw these beautiful vaults, he, he put two and two together and said, this could be the home of Epic, the Irish Emigration Museum. And so it is. And, uh, and it's important to say it's an all-island story, and that would be very important to Neville. He was from Northern Ireland. So it's an all-island story. Lots of characters from Northern Ireland, such as Andrew Jackson, who was an American president. He was originally from Antrim. So lots and lots of examples of people from Northern Ireland who went around the world and, and did some amazing things. Sounds wonderful and definitely something that people, when they're visiting, most, most flights go in and out of Dublin. So it's definitely something people should consider putting on their itinerary for sure. Yes, and we kind of, we would recommend that it's a very good starting point to a trip to Dublin because it gives you a really good orientation of the history of the country. And say if you go, for example, and you find the Conflict Gallery, which is all about uh, Irish people fighting in other people's wars, then you can go to the museum that deals with, with um conflict in, in Dublin, I can't got the name of it, it sails me this moment. If you go and you find the sports gallery particularly interesting and you like the GAA, for example, the Gaelic football, you might go to Crow Park next as your visit. So it can help you to orientate your next few visits uh, and visits down the country as well because you're getting this deep dive into history and a great orientation of Ireland. That is a great tip. So using that to kind of wrap up our chat, I'm going to ask you this, the question that I ask everyone who uh, takes the time to chat with me. What three 
other places in Ireland would you recommend that tourists take the time to visit? They can be okay. popular sites, they can be unknown sites. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to be very unselfish, and I'm going to recommend another visit attraction in Dublin, because that's what we do in Dublin. We share with our <laughs> other attractions, because we're all one big family. And I'm a big fan of Glasnevin Cemetery. It's just, it's about two miles outside the city centre. It's a beautiful cemetery, but they do these absolutely wonderful guided tours, and there's so much history in the graves in Glasnevin, and they just bring it to life. It's one of my favorite visits in Dublin, so I certainly would recommend going to Glasnevin after you've been to Epic. <laughs> I would also recommend, because I'm from Northern Ireland originally, and obviously the Titanic in Belfast is a wonderful attraction. Important to note that the designers and creators of Titanic, a company called Event Communications, they also designed and developed Epic. So we have a close connection with Titanic. Um, as I say, we have similar creators. So I, I would also recommend if you're going to Belfast, you have to go and visit Titanic. And then for beauty and just to get away from it all, I love the Cliffs of Moher. And they're very popular. It's highly rated on TripAdvisor. But it's a beautiful place to go and to breathe in the wonderful air, see the superb views. Um, and I think that's another place to go outside of Dublin. And it's so nice to hear places that, you know, that are popular with tourists to, to know that they're also popular with people in Ireland. Because a lot of the times you tend to think, oh, well, it's a tourist spot. And so to, yes, hear, exactly. that, to hear that you would recommend those as well is, you know, and that nice I would go to know. Exactly. An Irish person. Yeah. Exactly. So they, they are things that I would enjoy, and I think that your listeners will enjoy when they're visiting in Dublin. Well, or in Ireland. <laughs> well, Dervlet, thank you so much for taking the time. Now, if people want more information on EPIC, the Irish Immigration Experience, um, the website is the easiest way to get it? It is, www.epicchq.com. And you'll get all the information there. You can pre-book online if you wish. We're open seven days a week. Uh, the first, we open at 10 in the morning, so 10 a.m., and our last entry is at 5, so we, we, we close just before 7 o'clock in the evening. So if you're going at 5 o'clock, you still have a good nearly two hours to do the tour. So seven days a week, um, you know, as I say, you can pre-book online, you can buy the ticket on the day. Obviously, in July and August, it's probably a good idea maybe to pre-book because it can get busy. Mm -hmm. September, again, it can be a busy time, but, you know, there are all, we, we have big capacity. We, we were a big, a big space. So, uh, you know, don't, don't ever be concerned that you won't, you won't be able to get in. Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I'm, I know that people are going to be very excited to visit, and, uh, and it just sounds like I a wonderful, so. wonderful experience. Well, as I say, we're, we're not on TripAdvisor uh, at number 10 for no reason. So we're so happy that people are enjoying the experience because that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Um, and just so proud to be involved with such an inspirational uh, museum. And thank you for, uh, for giving me this opportunity to speak to you and to your listeners. And we so look forward to welcoming them to Dublin and to EPIC, the Irish Emigration Museum.